And good morning. I'm Tom Perumian. Thank you for joining us. Sitting right across from me is the man of the, the man of the hour, the man of the show, our man David Compton. Good morning, David. How are you? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, feels good to be back on the air. I know you and I have talked a little, and uh, uh, you know it's been about a two year hiatus that I've been away from radio. I actually, uh, I'm not going to name any other competitor stations, but I was <laughs> on there for about 14 years. Wow. And uh, you know, recently WWL called me back and said, "Hey, we'd." like to extend an opportunity to you and and to me this was always the premier station that i wanted to be on anyway so uh, it's always good to be able to say that uh and you know they they extended that opportunity to me and i i really appreciate that privilege and 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 being able to um you know share different ideas and the whole purpose of my of the show is to it's really about education it's a, it's about helping inform people about what the choices they have in retirement. The one, one consistent thing that I've seen over the years uh, in helping clients is that, and, and to some degree our industry as a whole does it, uh, people, when it comes to retirement, the only focus seems to be on the investments only. Hmm. Okay, and so what happens is, when people begin to start planning for retirement, hold on a second. There's a, there's a whole lot of other moving parts in here that exactly. I need answers to, and if you just focus on the investments, you actually can leave a lot of money on the table or cost yourself a lot of money as well. And so that that's where I find that our programs like this and educational seminars really help educate our listeners to uh, what the information they need to make informed decisions about retirement. Because I'd rather know if I'm 58 and I want to plan to retire at 60, I I, kind of want to know right now, am am I on track or am I better to work to 66 instead of waiting to 64, 65 to realize, uh uh-oh, I don't have enough or I should have done more here. I should have done this as well. So what the, fo- the focus of what I, our, our show is, is going to be help people put a retirement plan together. The whole enchilada. The whole enchilada. There you go. <laughs> uh, and not just focus on the investments. Are the investments a big part of it? They're, they're, they are. It's a big part of the puzzle, but it's not the only piece to the puzzle. And so that's that's what that's what we're going to focus on today, uh, and that's what we're going to focus on week in and week out, in, in line with pertinent news that we need to talk about. Some of the shows might be about inflation, taxes, all of these things. We, we we're going to incorporate that into our our programming as as well, and uh, but just a little bit in line with that. I am a fiduciary advisor with an office here in Metairie as well as in Baton Rouge. And um, the whole focus is, uh, as a fiduciary advisor, we work and do what's in the best interest of the clients. And so our local number here in Metairie is, uh, excuse me, yes, in Metairie, 504-834-1150. This is where we can be reached at. And today, what I really wanted to kind of set the tone or, or, or set the table, you might say, from what you and I were just talking about uh, 
the focus of our show today is, is what I call the four main components of retirement planning. Yeah, let's, let, let's dive into that. Okay. And so when we talk about those four main components, I use the word main because it's not the only components. But what I have developed is a program for clients that if you get these four main components generally, if you have all the information you need to make an informed decision about that, we put it together in a plan for you. It really allows you to see where you are, if you have enough money, if it's going to work for you, if you're going to be able to retire at the, the age you were looking to retire or not. Because like I said earlier, I, I'd rather know if I'm 60 than to find out at 70 that I need to go back to work because I retired too early. Mm. See, I, I, I'd rather know that well in advance, even though I may have to work a little longer than I really wanted to. Uh, set at because at seventy you may not have that option. I know, and and we we see a lot of we see a lot of that with uh, with uh, more and more senior citizens working in oddly enough fast food. Yeah, our our greeters at Walmart. I know right. there's a lot of things have been. Uh, we always hear that as a kind of a lying joke. You might say <laughs> going back to oh you can always go be a greeter at Walmart if that's what you and that's nothing wrong with that. But there, there is a difference. I will tell you this. There's a difference when you're older if you're working because you have to versus bef- because you want to. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's a whole different mindset. I had a client for years. She was in her 80s. <clears throat> her husband had retired and uh, was deceased, but he had left her you know, from his profession, he had left her a, uh, a decent amount of money. She was set financially. But she went back to work at Walmart. And But she said, you know, everybody there really doesn't like their job. I'm not saying no people like their jobs at Walmart. But she said the nest egg of people that she worked around uh, saw work as a burden. Hmm. And she saw it as a place for social interacting with people. Oh, okay. She didn't care about the paycheck. It was she wasn't working <laughs> for the money. No, she did. She took it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but she wasn't there to keep her lights on and to buy groceries with right. the money that she made. And and so it's all about the outlook on that as well. So if you want that, if you want to be able to have that type of choice, though. You've got to do some pre-planning. So what are those four main components of retirement planning? The first one is Social Security. The second is we're going to talk about income planning. Third, taxes in retirement. And the fourth are investments. So when we talk about those four main components of retirement planning, there is no order of importance because they're all four are critical for you to having a successful retirement. And that, that's the key. So we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to jump in on the first one, uh, talking about social security. What is the, uh, what, and, and looking, looking at our notes here, what is the, the, the best age to start drawing social security? Well, the, you know, there, there's not a default setting, you know, as much <laughs> as we like a default setting, sometimes it makes the choice for us. There, there is no exact age for everybody. And so that being said, if somebody, <clears throat> there may be instances for some people, it's 62. 
For some people, it might be 70. Some people, there, there's a number of factors go into it. Um, if you look at Social Security, when they send you a statement or if you go online and print one out, they generally show you three ages. Hmm. They show you 62. They show you what your full retirement age is. Your full retirement age is based on the year you were born. Oh. Okay, so if, uh, if you were born like in 59, then your full retirement age is going to be 66 and six months or eight months. If you were born in 60 and above, if from 60 to um, 64, those are the last four years of the baby boomers, their full retirement age is 67. Oh, I see. And the amount that Social Security gives you at full retirement age is referred to as your PIA, primary insurance amount. So that's the amount that you get at your full retirement age based on when you were born. And and what what has changed that that we need to have a plan to draw Social Security? What things good, have happened over good, the last good question. few years? When you look back, because when I mentioned a moment ago, there is no default setting as far as age. There used to be a default setting. And, and the reason for that is in 1940, when Social Security was established, the life expectancies of Americans was 64 years old. Oh, we've blown way beyond we, that. that. And that, that's the key. But that default setting... Has, has stayed. So if, I, if my life expectancy is at 64 and my full retirement age is at 66, who's waiting to 66? Nobody was. Right. You draw at 62. And that was the default setting. But now we see our life expectancy for men is 83 to 84. Right. And for women, it's about 85 to 87. So they're, they're, they, they outlive us. So that requires us to weigh out. And when we talk about life expectancies, those are only averages. So here's what that means. So if you're a woman, your life expectancy, let's say, is 86. Okay? That means 50% of the women will live to 86 and 50% will live past that. Wow. So so now... And you got to look, it's easy. I have this conversation with clients on a regular basis. The, the, sometimes I'm sitting down with the husband and wife and, and the wife's in, in her mid-60s, upper 60s, and, and, and her mother's still alive. In some cases, both the parents are alive. And their parents are in the upper 80s and the early 90s. So what does that tell you? Well, you probably got some of that genetic makeup exactly. to carry over. So everybody looks different. At, at their circumstances differently. And just because your parents died younger, sometimes there's lifestyle issues that would warrant they died earlier. Maybe they were heavy smokers or heavy drinkers, something contributing factors to that as well. So when we look back at this, so to answer that really question, what has changed? It's longevity. Mm-hmm. We're living longer so it can't be that it's an automatic at 62. Plus, you got to look at where, <clears throat> from a work standpoint, how long are you going to work? I work in radio. I, I'm hoping I can be here through 70. <laughs> there you go. And, and, you know, there's once again, it goes back to if, if, it's a, if it's a 
challenge just to get to work every day versus, hey, I like what I'm doing. I'm, it's not about the age. If I enjoy it, I'm, I'm able to do it. My employer thinks I'm okay with it, you know, and, and, and everything is working fine there as well. And so, so does it make sense to wait longer before you draw Social Security? And in some instances, it does. It makes a lot of sense. So here's, here's where we help clients when it comes to Social Security. We help you with what we call a Social Security Maximization Report. It factors life expectancies. It factors a number of circumstances in to give you a plan as to when's the best time to draw Social Security. Where a lot of people mix things up is when we say, if, you, if, if we uh, suggest the husband waits longer to draw Social Security, we're not saying he has to work longer. We're saying we need to delay drawing Social Security. Oh. Doesn't mean you have to. So now, that being said, in most cases, somebody may have 401k dollars, IRA dollars, investment dollars that they can live off of for a short period of time. But Social Security is one area that I find is an eye opener for clients when it comes to drawing uh, uh, for retirement income. So, once again, if you'd like to learn a little bit more of what our maximization report will look like and how it might help you, write this number down. Give us a call, 504-834-1150. That's our Metairie, local Metairie office, 504-834-1150. And there's a whole lot more coming with David Compton. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and that was a lot of information to digest there, and we've got a lot more coming for you. David, the next uh, component is income planning. Tell me a little bit about that. Do you know how you're going to get paid in retirement? That's a good question, and that's probably the number one reason that most people have a measure of anxiety about retiring. Because what I've learned over the years, if, if you've given a company 35, 40-plus years of your life working for them, most people reach a point where they're like, okay, I don't have a problem walking away from the job, but I sure have a problem walking away from the paycheck. Right. So if I don't have it a plan as to how I'm going to get paid, boom, the anxiety level goes up. Because I need to know, okay— I'm working this week. I know every two weeks I get direct deposited. I know that money's there. What's going to happen when that stops? Okay. Now, the first segment, we, we talked about Social Security. That's where I, I find Social Security to be such a critical part. These two kind of mesh together, income planning, because Social Security is really the foundation of, uh, of income planning. Uh, upwards of 60 to 70 percent of income in retirement for many people comes from Social Security. So that goes back to having that report to help you maximize Social Security, not just a shot in the dark. We, we, we want to make sure that I provide clients, like I tell them, I, I don't make the choice for you. I'm going to help you by providing all the information that you need 
to make the most informed decision as to when's the best time to draw Social Security. Now, that being said, when I sit down with clients, we run what is called a compass report. So think about that. We all know what a compass is. It, right. it tells us direction. Uh, it's always pointing to north. So from there, I can determine if where east, west, and south is. So many times when I sit down with clients, we put together a compass report. And I'm going to explain what that compass report does from an income standpoint. Uh, we do a compass report f for clients Many clients have told me over and over, this is the first time I've, see, I've seen in a spreadsheet format their own particular financial situation and numbers. So now we're not working on hypotheticals. We know what their Social Security numbers are. If, they have an, if they're going to get a pension from their employer that's put in there, if they have rental incomes, Whatever sources of income they have, we're inputting into the Compass Report. We also input into that Compass Report their investments. And what we do is we begin to build a... Uh, okay. We, we begin to build a retirement plan based on their specific numbers, and we can adjust the time frame. So if a client's... 58 years old, 59 years old, and we start to build the plan for them. And they said, but I'm going to work to 64. So now we start, and then we plug in their investment dollars in there. And we, we, we show a very uh, conservative rate of return, not because I, I don't think we can make a better return, but my, my thought process on that is if I can make it work with conservative numbers – and we achieve better numbers, which our past performance spells out the numbers that we've made for clients, then what happens is it's easy. When they see that their, their retirement will work with conservative numbers based on what they have, it begins to make them feel more comfortable. Okay, not only do I have enough number money, but I'm also comfortable with the fact that at those conservative numbers, because I want to look down at 85 years old or 90 years old and how much money I got left, because Americans' biggest fear is running out of money. And we've seen that happen. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, yes, we have. So income planning, how are we going to get paid in retirement? That That's the key. All right. So we build that income plan. So sometimes clients, what if you only have Social Security? You don't have a pension. You don't have rental income. All right. But you have a nest egg. Okay, and it kind of goes against the grain when you think about it. When you you, you work every every day almost, Tom, and so you 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 know if you work this amount of hours each week, you you pretty much know what you're going to get paid every week or every two weeks. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, when it while we're in retirement, we're given a nest egg, and I say given, we've saved for it. So now. I'm, I'm going against a total different grain, you might say. I'm used to putting in a certain amount of hours. I get compensation for that. Now, it's all my years of saving and investing in one nest egg that I have to convert to a paycheck. Right. That's overwhelming, too, because for the, for the years we've worked, 35, 40 years, we've seen money coming into the account. 
now we're in we're going from an accumulation phase to a distribution phase the question is am i taking out enough is it too much so the second thing we want to look at is when it comes to retirement planning it, it one question that comes to mind is what is the four percent rule and how does it apply to income planning okay four percent rule was something that was set up by a financial advisor as well as in in conjunction with morningstar oh. and basically what they said was so if a person had had saved let's say five hundred thousand dollars sounds like a large number and it is if we took 4% a year off of it, we'd be taking $20,000 a year hmm. to supplement other sources of income. So if a husband and wife have 40000 or fifty, say they have $50,000 a year Social Security check between the both of them, you add twenty, now they can have seventy. Okay, oh, That's pretty the, good. Which, which sounds good. However, because of our low interest rate environment, volatility of the markets uh more recently over the past several years morningstar has come back and revised that they used the four percent rule that and basically what the four percent rule said was if you take four percent off your investments um you should have enough money to to live the rest of your life okay there's been a lot of constraints put on that because of our low interest rate environment other factors are starting to show up, Infl uh, inflation, um, volatility in the market. The new 4% is actually 2.75. Oh, okay. You know, that changes things a little that bit. That does, definitely. So this is where the challenge comes in. And so there's a number of different ways that we can adjust that or that we can address it, more importantly. And, and the way we want to address it is... Uh, when it comes to income, I, I like to separate money, even though it might be separated into different various accounts. Uh, for simplistic purposes, I like to help clients say, here, we have need money and we have want money. Need money is what? It's money rent. that I need to maintain my standard of living. Right. Rent, groceries, power there bills, This utilities. is what I have. So when I retire, I don't want my standard of living to be up. And then it take a nosedive down because why? Because I can't generate enough income. Because retirement, let's face it, retirement is about income. The nest egg plays a part in that. But I've seen clients that had huge nest eggs, but because their income needs were so huge to go with it, it wasn't sustainable. Mm. And I've seen clients that, that had less than 500 because they had low income needs, it was very sustainable for them. So it's, it's, it's about each individual standard of living, spending habits, but also debt that they bring with them into retirement. If you bring a truckload of debt with you, you're going to need a truckload of income to satisfy that debt as, as well. So income planning, our, our, um, our compass report is essential to showing you and breaking down. And there's a number of ways that we address it. First thing we want to address is your needs. And believe it or not, it's one of the toughest things for people to come up with because while they're working, you may not be on a budget. But to have them say, this is what, how much money do you need to maintain your standard of living once you retire? Is it 5000 a month? Is it 6000 
What what is your number? And then we base everything off of that, and that encompasses the needs. Once we in, and and so what we try to do is we tr- I, I put together a plan that takes a portion of their investments and we dedicate it to satisfying the income needs, and so. We're getting into the meat of the four main components of retirement planning, so stay with us. I'm Tom Perumian with David Compton. This is the first security financial program. And good morning. I'm Tom Perumian. And of course, I'm joining David Compton here for the First Security Financial Program. And you know what? Uh, if you want to give David a call at uh, during the week or uh, any time, as a matter of fact, I'm sure he's got a, got a voicemail system <laughs> that's doing pretty good. Give him a ring. It's at 504-834-1150. Once again, that's 504-834-1150. First Security Financial. David, uh, segment three, we're talking about taxes in retirement. Let's go ahead and dive right in. How are taxes different in retirement than when working? Okay. Uh, and just to answer your question, there, we, you, if you call in now, you will get a live voice answer oh. the, all the way to noon. After that, it's voicemail. So That's we, even better. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, taxes in retirement, everyone's favorite words, taxes. And uh, it's a challenge. Um, but it's, it's in conjunction with this, and I'm going to back up one second before I answer that question. You know, we've been talking about the four main components. Uh, initially, it's about income planning, and the reason taxes come into play here is because if, if we can minimize those taxes, guess what that usually equates to? More, More income. income. There you go. So when we talk about taxes, what's different? When you go to work for a company, so if you work for your company for 30 years, when you initially went in, you filled out a W-9 form, named the number of dependents you had, and it was kind of put on autopilot. Yeah. It's done automatically. So you get paid and you pretty much over time begin to understand how much they're going to hold out for Social Security, Medicare, um, uh, well, FICA, Medicare. Uh, they'll take out money for health insurance, whatever all they're taking out. So you, you pretty much know what's coming out of your, your paycheck, or at least tax-wise. Now, when you're working, there are no payroll taxes. And so what happens is it's almost like you're a self-employed person. And so... Uh, most people don't realize part of their Social Security checks, once they start drawing, is subject to taxation. Depending, now, if you just retire and it's just Social Security, you're not going to pay any federal taxes. However, if, if your income is Social Security, but as the example I used before, let's say a husband and wife's drawing 50000 a year Social Security, and they're taking twenty or 30000 a year off of investments, now that subjects some of the Social Security to taxation as well. Right. So you, you need to understand the impact of it. And where a lot of people don't realize is that the income brackets. One of the things I've seen over the years, most people don't realize, they think if you're in a 22% tax bracket that all their money is taxed at 22%, and it's not. There's, we have a 10% bracket, a 12% bracket, a 22, a 24, a 32, a 35, and a 37. And so 
if you're in the highest bracket, that means some of your money is going to be taxed at 37, some would be at 34, some would be at 32, and on down. So it would give you an average tax rate depending on what you would be you would be, uh, be in. So if you're in a 22, which is I dare to say where majority of Americans probably are that are paying taxes, uh, some of your money's taxed at 22, some of it's taxed at 12, and some of it's taxed at 10. So. Here, here's where we can plan in advance. What happens is where most people are surprised is let's say somebody has $800,000 in a 401k. And I've seen it happen many times. Husband and wife has a pension, Social Security, and they got a, they got a, a nice 401k. When they retire, they live comfortably on the pension and the Social Security. But what happens now, at age 72, the IRS mandates what you have to take off of that 401k. It's called a required minimal distribution. So we, what I've seen in many times, clients, if you're in a 12% tax bracket, 12% tax bracket is on a, for a married couple between 19909 excuse me, $901 that's the 2021 tax rate, all the way up to $81,050. So if your income is in between that range, your your marginal bracket, the bulk of your money is going to be paid at 12%. Some of it will be at 10%. But what happens a lot of times, so what, let's say if that, if that client is at the high end of the 12%, and then down the road, the RMD jumps in, and Uncle Sam says, hey, now you need to start taking another $35,000 a year off of your 401k. So now that money might get bumped up into the 22% tax bracket. That's Then that's a sizable right, so jump, that's a, too. That's a 10% jump. Yeah. Now, if you're going from 10 to 12, or if you're in the 22 and you go to 24, sometimes it's, yeah, 2%. I, I, you know, that one's not a... A, as big a blip on the screen as, as the 10% when you're like, yeah. whoa, 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 that hit me. That, that one hits me pretty good. So for a lot of clients, then the 22% tax bracket is from $81,051 to $172,000. Okay. Now, what happens, there's another little hidden tax that most people don't realize. So it's called the Medicare tax. So if you, once your income hits up around 168, 169,000, and I know what most people say, yeah, I wish my, my income was that much in retirement. Uh, but when your income hits that much, your Part B premiums for Medicare jump. Mm. So you start off, I think right now they're in the 140 range a month for, per person. Right. I've seen them up to 700. Holy cow. So it doesn't necessarily wreck a retirement, but it's a Medicare tax. And so what happens is we go back to we were talking about that compass report where we're showing where your income is. Invariably, when clients reach 72, we show them, look what happens to your income at this range based on your investments, based on those required minimal distributions. And it generates that Medicare tax for married couples can can generate anywhere from another forty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars of additional federal taxes over their lifetime. 
So it by itself is not huge, but it's still an additional tax. So what can you do? This is where tax planning comes into play. If we know that's going to happen, and remember, the required minimal distribution doesn't kick in until 72. So what if you retire at 65? You got seven years there. Yeah. Okay, so what we recommend, we we put together for clients what we call a found, found, F-O-U-N-D, money tax report. And we we get a copy of a client's 1040, their tax return, and we put together a report for them that shows them how much money that they can pull out of their IRAs and still stay in their marginal tax bracket. Okay, so for instance, I have a client that I've uh, been has been a, a client of mine for years, and we he's in he he and his wife, he and his wife have a sizable four hundred one k. He's he's only sixty eight, and what we've been doing, but he's been in a twelve percent tax bracket. So we've been converting anywhere from fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year to a Roth. He pays the taxes on it now while he's in a 12% tax bracket. And my saying for them, go ahead and make a conscious decision to pay 12% taxes on that money while taxes are on sale. We know what to do when there's a sale, don't we? Exactly. Uh, And and most wives perk up at that point when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) So if I I can take 50,000 out of a 401k, convert it to a Roth, yeah, you're going to pay 12% tax on that 50000 plus state, but you're, you're making a conscious decision to do that at 12% because moving forward, what if the tax rates down the road are higher? Exactly. What if that 12 turns into 22? So at, at least we know they're not going to be lower than 12 in, in, right. in that income bracket. So what we're doing is we're helping clients put together a plan that, first of all, uh, and you don't have to spend the money. I think that's one of the misconceptions. I'll have people, well, what am I going to do with this money? I said, well, we'll reinvest it, but we're just changing the tax status of that money. We're taking it from a qualified IRA 401k to a non-qualified taxes have already been paid on it. And if we convert it to the Roth, there's no, it's never taxed again. And so... This is a, an excellent way that we help clients with this as well. But it's all part, you know, when we look at our whole overall plan, it's all part of a full retirement plan. It's not just a one-and-done type of thing. It's an ongoing thing because many of these things are changing. Taxes are going to change in the future. You can bet on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely from what we see. Okay, a little bit of math there with our uh, with our lesson this morning. And uh, I'm not the best at math. And if you're not the best at math, your chance you have a chance to get it all explained to you again. Give David a call. You can call him at uh, First Security Financial at 504-834-1150. That number again, 504-834-1150. I'm Tom Perumian. I'm joined by David Compton. This is the First Security Financial Program right here on WWL.
And we're back for our final segment. I'm Tom Perumian. Of course, I'm joining David Compton here on the First Security Financial Program. That number again, if you want to give David a call uh, at his at his office, it's 504-834-1150. David, as we move into the final segment, we want to talk a little bit about investments. What, yes. what, uh, what have we got to say? Well, uh, what's the most important part about investments? And I think a lot of times... Uh, I, I don't like to get bogged down in what I call the minutia of of investments. We put together a full, re, it's more about a retirement plan. Now, we spend a lot of time going over with clients with our stock portfolios, ones that we feel there's, are, are uh, in uh, best suited for that client in their specific situation. It's not a, we don't rubber stamp everybody. Everybody's circumstances is different and not everybody for sure gets the same type of retirement plan. It's all based on their circumstances. But one of the most important aspects of investments, especially today, is is the amount of risk. If if you're in that last one to five years, we, we really need to dial down that risk. Right. But it really comes back to a full retirement plan. The whole purpose of me setting up a retirement plan with the emphasis on Social Security planning, income planning, taxes, as well as the investments, is we never want our clients to feel that they have to, to, to have a knee-jerk reaction because of something that happens. Okay? And let me, let me explain what I mean by that. If I've done an effective job and have put a income plan together for clients to where they they know how much money they're going to get paid and there's a correction in the market and their counts are down 10 20 percent let's say i don't want them to feel like oh we got to pull all our money out and go to cash and the way we accomplish that is once again it goes back to what i said earlier that we we separate the money from needs and wants so if all of your needs, and, and I liken it this way, I'll ask clients, I said, what happened? The, the, the markets were down over 50%. Right. It was pretty gloomy. So if you were looking at your 401k and jokes where it was, they weren't 401, they were 201ks at that point because <laughs> they lost half of the money. Yeah. All right. And so it was, it was not a, a happy time. However, if you were 5, 10, 15 years out from retirement, you didn't overly stress. Why? Because that money still had enough time to come back. And then secondly, you weren't dependent on that money right now to cover any of those needs. Okay, so what I try to replicate and I do for our clients is the same thing. If I've taken a portion of your investment dollars and positioned them for income, along with your other sources of income, and the market drops down 20%, your needs are all still being met just like you were working. Okay, there you so go. now it, it's, it, it stops a client from having a knee-jerk reaction to where they feel like, uh-oh, I don't want to lose any more money I, because if I do, I may not have enough to meet my what? My income needs. That's right. So if we, if we insulate them somewhat from, from being impacted on a direct day-to-day -day basis, then what happens is the money that's over here that we have positioned for future growth, more longer term for them, uh, is money that is we need to uh, continue to grow, but they don't need it right now. It's, it's down the road money. So 
what I recommend, we here's our four main components. It seems like an hour is a long time to talk about it, but it's really not. <laughs> it goes <laughs> we, by, doesn't it? Do, it? <laughs> it does. It goes by really quick. And uh, I would encourage our listeners to give us a call if you'd like to see we can put together these reports and help you meet your retirement goals, 504-834-1150. That's 504-834-1150. Tom, it's, I've, en- I've enjoyed it. I look forward to, uh, to being back with you next week as well. Great. David Compton, First Security Financial. You're listening to the First Security Financial Program on WWL.